The year is after Colony 195. Oh my fucking Christ, where's the skip button? We're doing a we're doing a gun among episode. You tried to get through most of Gundam Wing. I I fucking tried, you know. Um, I should have told you, you know, to prepare some homework, you know, take a couple <laughs> philosophy books, you know, learn a little bit of uh, total pacifism. Yeah. Uh, see, when I when I initially looked at it and, and said um, forty nine episodes in two weeks. Oh, uh, uh, welcome to Final Form, by the way, Ryan Taylor Mitchell. Uh, so yeah, 49 episodes in two weeks, and uh, I said, okay, this is totally doable. This I mean, most people go through, like, Netflix series in yeah. that time, and those are hour-long episodes usually. Yeah, but you didn't tell me that every 20-minute episode required five fucking Wikipedia articles of reading to understand what just fucking happened. I <laughs> didn't, because I understood this at age 10. I have no idea how... Um, so, so if if you if you don't know by now, we're doing Mobile Suit Gundam Wing. Well, technically, it's New Mobile Suit Report Gundam Wing. Ah, uh, yes, yes. But everyone uh, just calls it Mobile Suit Gundam Wing. Yes. Fit in with the franchise, goddammit. Um, I I tried to watch it all. Um, I I got maybe what, three quarters, two thirds of the way through it. Um. I've, I've still got, like, a hefty number of episodes left for how much I've watched. I will try and not be spoiler-tastic for a show that's over 20 years old. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> that, that being said, though, uh, happy 39th birthday, Gundam. You turned 39 this the 7th of April. Really? Yeah, it's 39 yeah. years old. Wow. Yeah. Aren't we timely? Kinda, I guess. <laughs> we're, re- we're, we're staying relevant. We're staying hip with the kids. How can you stay hip with the kids? I never was hip with the kids. <laughs> we're, um, we're, we're lit AF, as, as the kids say, I think. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know either. But, uh, yeah, Gundam is set, it was made in April 7th, uh, April, April 7th, 1979. And it has been about this dense since then. And, um, they'll cast your mind back to the house young days of the early 80s. Oh boy. And basically, at this time, Japan is obsessed with its giant fighting robots that just really started with, uh, I want to say, check my notes here, in 19, ni- 1974 is right around the time when the two biggest robot franchises before, Mazinger and Getter Robo, were taking off. That's when the Monster of the Week Sprunga really started, where evil galactic empire or mad scientist or demons from another realm send a monster every week, and the plucky young, heroic young men and occasionally a couple girls jump in their giant fighting robots that defy the laws of physics and make most scientists weep, battle whatever monster shows up with a whole, we are good, we will save the world! <laughs> then come 1979, where we are thrusted into... The story of Noble Suit Gundam. Uh, I just want to hop in here and say that that's impressive because in mean, 1974, we're looking at uh, what 
44 yeah. years ago. And, I mean, that Monster of the Week formula is the basis of most yeah. uh, sci-fi shows, cartoons. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if they were the ones who invented it, but they're definitely the ones that really started for Japan. Yeah, okay. And uh, Mazinger and Gerolo are still around today. They're not as arguably as well loved as Gundam, but they're so... Basically, yeah, Gundam is the Batman of Japan. Okay. Everyone loves it. Yeah. Mazinger, uh, let's call him the Spider-Man. Okay. Really damn popular, but more people would say, yeah, I'm pretty sure Batman is better. Yeah. However, yeah, I would actually say Mazinger is stronger than Gundam, but that's because it defies physics every chance it can. I think it's literally powered by Courage. No, that's another giant robot. Anyway, uh, Gundam has always been that show that... Well, when it first showed, it was the show that tried to buck the trend. The creator of Gundam is a very hostile kind of man. Okay. And he wanted to tell a story. Mm. That was his priority. He didn't want to sell toys. He wanted to tell a goddamn story. Mm. And he wanted to be as gray as all hell. Okay. It starts off with a space colony being attacked... For the hidden weapon being built there. And after that, we find out that there's a war going on. But unlike most shows at the time where the good guys are all good and the bad guys are all tying them into railroad tracks, no, it's actually a war about people. Yeah. Actual people with reasons to be with the rebels that are technically the bad guys and reasons to be mustache twirling evil on the good guy side. And Gundam has always really existed in that kind of way. Yeah. Being, let's tell a story where both sides can be right, and sometimes, actually, the main character you can't root for. Yeah. Well, that, that sounds in line with uh, everything I saw. Yeah. I think, maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is about Gundam Wing is it starts off literally with five terrorists coming to Earth. Uh, and that's the thing I love about uh, Gundam Wing and uh, one of my other favorite animes, Code Geass. They both ask the question, when does terrorism equal rebellion? Yeah, there's a fine line there. There's a fine line. And I, sometimes they can cross back over. Yeah. I mean, with the Wing gr group, they're just basically trying to blow up the Alliance, or more specifically, the faction of the Alliance known as Oz, mm. and then the Romanfeller Foundation. But a anyway, there's... It might be the most popular show in history where the main characters were terrorist child soldiers. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if not, then one of the other shows Sunrise made was that. Yeah, probably. But it's basically... Yeah, when you stop and deconstruct it, it is a show about terrorism. Yeah. And But the thing is, you also can deconstruct and say it's a show about honorable rebels fighting to stop the yeah. evil empire in a sense it really is the thing about Gundam is you can easily pick a side and be right yeah can you do that for say the Avengers movie can you pick Loki's side and be right I mean uh, <laughs> he's, he's sort of um, no no I can't <laughs> Can you pick? Uh, I can't. I don't uh, even. I haven't watched the movies, but can you pick Hydra and be right in the Captain America movies? Um. 
No. No. I mean, in, in the Civil War, yeah, you you can be right depending on which side you pick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that was but, the whole point of that movie. It had to go out of its way for yeah. that. But, gun but, but even then, uh, you haven't seen Civil War, No, right? I have not. Like, it, it is hero versus hero, and you can pick either side. At the same time, there is the, the villain yeah. at the same time who is the third party who... Um, I guess you could kind of see their point, but it is still kind of hard to fight yeah. for them. But um, the closest to a straightforward released movie in the last few years that can do that is you can kind of agree with the Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. But he also crosses the line pretty damn fast yeah. in that movie. Like, he has some good points, but his actions were a little much... <laughs> yeah, he was probably the greyest villain Marvel has done. Yeah. There are other grey villains, of course, in the series, but he's definitely the one where you're going, I can see, re- okay, you went too far, but yep. you, you still have a good point, but um, <laughs> put down the disintegration ray, please. Yeah. And uh, even in Gundam's, Gundam Wing, they try and redeem, or at least show how some of the most evil people, or what you conceive as evil, were noble, true spirits. Uh, I know you haven't gotten there yet, but Trey's Kushinata has a kind of redeeming episode. Okay. That didn't redeem himself for me, but I know some people have told me, oh yeah, I totally felt bad for him after this episode. You do not remember what he also caused before this, right? That doesn't really wash his hands of that. And no. Even the Gundam pilots never say that their hands are clean. Oh, fuck. I hope not. <laughs> no. Duo forever consult- considers himself the god of death, even yeah. after the series where he becomes a priest. Yeah. He becomes a priest because, nah, it's not the right thing to do. It's just what I'm going to do to help orphans. He's not doing it to save his soul. He's doing it to save orphans. Of course. It's all about the orphans. For him, at least, it is. Um, so we should probably back up and um, at least do a... Or are you, are you still at you still have some history? To no, go I, that that history can come or go. Whereas it's I just wanted to set this tone. Yeah. So the show we're actually reviewing here, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, or what was the uh, new new Mobile Report? I think it's called New Mobile Report. I, I like I said, no one calls it that. Everyone yeah. refers to either Gundam Wing or at least try to say Mobile Suit Gundam yeah. Wing. Yeah. Okay. Um. Maybe we should explain what a mobile suit is. <laughs> I guess. Basically, uh, think of the Jaegers from Pacific Rim. Yeah, yeah, that's the. A mobile suit is a humanoid, well, generally humanoid shaped giant robot where people jump inside and instead of shooting each other with guns, shoot each other with robot, giant robot guns. Yeah, there you go. And uh, laser swords when necessary. Yes. <laughs> and Gundams are essentially. Fancier made ones. Every gun, every Gundam series has a different reason for why this machine is called a Gundam. Yeah. In Gundam Wing, it's because they're made of a special space alloy that yeah. makes them near, nearly invulnerable to everything except for plot-specific moments where they get shot extra, actually hard. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my problems with Gundam Wing as a kid: is how come they can bounce off these shots, but this time these guns are doing damage to them. Uh, is it like a video game sometimes when you hold the trigger down more, you jump <laughs> higher? <laughs> and Lieutenant uh, Redshirt realizes, oh yeah, I've only been pushing that, I'm doing half clicks. <laughs> or, no, I can't even say they decide to aim better because they just hit the same, usually a torso spot. Oh yeah. But unlike in most Fire Force, hitting the torso in a gun doesn't make sense because that's where the cockpit is. 
If you yeah. kill the pilot, you kill the machine. Yeah. I mean, if you blow up the head, they just lose their main camera. Yeah, really, though. have backup cameras, and considering one of the Gundams it, it literally just has uh, machine gun spam as their main attack, I don't think that's going to slow him down. No. No. But the plot of Mobile Suit Gundam Wing is there's the Earth, and Earth has space colonies floating around it. I'm going to listen and find out in this time as well. <laughs> <laughs> the space colonies are pretty much being oppressed by Earth because they're worker class citizens yeah. in a sense. They're mining space pol- there's space meteorites and whatnot just to provide Earth with whatever Earth wants at the time. It's pretty oppressive, and there's a military faction of Earth called Oz that are the ones building these mobile suits to make Earth stronger. And anyone who doesn't agree with the Earth Federation gets taken over by Oz's troops. And... Which, okay, something I did not realize at the beginning of the show, mm. but found it very quickly, is that Oz and the Alliance are separate, but together at the beginning. Like, yes. Oz is, I guess, the military wing of the yes. Alliance. It, it, right? it, there are more lines of, um, you know how, in, I'm going to use this example, there's the Navy in the United States, yeah. and then the Navy has the Navy SEALs. Okay. Specialized. That's yeah. basically what Oz is. They're the Navy SEALs. Yeah. Only if the Navy SEALs were the size of the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> They're, and Oz also has the R&D department. They're the ones making these mobile suits. Yeah. They're the ones testing them and then providing them to Joe Schmo in the Army so he can yeah. help, you know, yeah. do whatever the Alliance wants, which is generally, mm-hmm. hmm, that nation's neutral. We'll add them to our collection of nations we've conquered. How, how about, uh, for comparison, maybe, mm. um, the alliance being the United States government and Oz being NASA? Like, technically, it, yeah. is, it is the United States space program, Yes, that's, but NASA are the ones doing the work. Yeah, that makes that's a pretty good example. Explanation, yeah. I was going to say something along the lines of UN peacekeeping forces. Yeah, exactly. And, Oz is basically a, a, a subsidiary, I guess. Yeah. A subsidiary? Uh, yeah, they have their own chain of command, but they technically listen to the Alliance. Yeah. But halfway through the show, they turn tail on the Alliance and then free the nations the Alliance used, their mach- the Oz's machines, to take over. And you're basically going like, Who's the bad guy again? Yeah, and, and uh, don't forget the Romafeller Foundation. Who Which is the corrupt businessmen who make war, make, make money off war. and Yeah, are so they were paying Oz, who were part of the Alliance, and then Oz turned on... When, basically, when Oz turned <sighs> on the Alliance, they also turned the Romer Foundation, and the Romer Foundation like, well, we can't have both our, both our minions fighting here. Let's just fight Oz. So if you're listening to this and don't know the show and are confused as fuck, don't worry, I am too. Uh, Trying to to narrow down the different factions of this show, their motives and and, uh, their interactions and and histories and relationships is... That would be real on the show for some people. Oh my god, it's like... It's like advanced Sudoku. Like, <laughs> yes. But that's the thing about every conflict is that they don't show you most fiction. Is It's mm. usually just A, B, sometimes C. They don't show you that, like in real life, factions, armies have factions. I mean, yeah. we can go back to any world war and basically go, some nations jumped sides. Yeah. Why? Well, not really important to this history textbook. Mm-hmm. Gundam Wing decides, let's actually tell you why that happened and why this group is flip-flopping constantly. 
And that's not even add in that there's one more faction that shows up near the end of the show called the White Fang. And that's honestly, I haven't even seen that yet. <laughs> and the White Fang is basically the colonies have gotten tired of the Gundams not doing their goddamn job of ending oppression of the colonies, so they become militant themselves and use remote-controlled robots to fight for them. Wait. Which the, then forces... The, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The colonies get sick of the Gundams not doing their job? Pretty much, yeah. But w- what happened to the Gundams, like, calling... Uh, sorry, the colonies referring to the Gundams as, like, enemies of the state and siding with Oz. That's one of the things that they do. It's basically not all the colonies agreed with the Gundams. Oh. The some of them did, some of them didn't. But White Fang is gathering most of the colonies together, even the ones that agreed or disagreed with the Gundams. And then Oz gets hired back by the Alliance to Holy fight fuck. White Fang. Holy fucking <laughs> And the Gundams end up fighting both Oz and the White Fang at the same time. So, again, this is just the factions and groups that the story, the story takes place within. This is not even the story. This is, like, the, the details of the story. 49 episodes. <laughs> and if you count the movie, there is one more faction. Oh, good. Good. Great. Which are just basically leftovers of Oz. Because we didn't have enough. Yes. But these ones are just there to take over the world. Yeah. These ones are the easiest ones to follow. Okay. But at the same time, it's basically like, uh, let's invite everyone over. including that guy over there across the street. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not complaining about the show. I, I had a good time. I There are things about this show that I really enjoy. It's a little much, though. Yes. <laughs> um... So maybe we should go through the characters, or at least some of them. I mean. right. Well, the the face of Gundam Wing is a guy named Hiro Yui. But not the original Hiro No, Yui. in fact, there's a guy we never meet named Hiro Yui who yeah. was a pacifist. Uh, what is it, the year after Colony 179? Is that right? Am I getting the date right there? That sounds about right to me. Yeah, here. Uh, let me see if I can get my information right here. Hiro Yui was... Um, uh, he was part of the colonies, yes. But he was a pacifist who was actually pro- probably bringing about peace between the Earth Alliance and the yeah. colonies. He seemed like he was getting successful, and then he was assassinated. Yeah. At which point, um, I f- forget the. Uh, is there a name on the scientists in the colonies who? They're all named after letters. Doctor J. Yeah, yeah. Doctor. But was like, was there a total name on the group of those guys? Oh, or? I forget now. Okay. That small details. Yeah. Anyway, scientists in the colonies decided to build five Gundam robots to uh, send to the Earth a as a sort of fuck uh, you guys yeah sort of sort of a we wanted peace now, uh, you, now you get it yeah we really wanted peace but since you guys didn't Dick let, let us have peace we will definitely not have peace yeah <laughs> you're the ones who started this mess we're cleaning up yeah but I guess through a series of events it, 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 that got delayed yeah the thing about they refer to this as Operation Meteor yeah there you go Operation Meteor is one of those things that's even more confusing than the factions yeah because first, it's either Gundams. No, it's dropping a space colony. No, it's a giant fuck you laser. No, it's the yeah. Gundams for real. No, actually, it's dropping an entire army. What? <laughs> so, um, based on the years, 179 to 195, which is the current day in the show, um, I'm guessing 
that they were like, well, we could send like adult um, trained pilots, but let's let's raise some kids. <laughs> yeah, they basically select a handful of kids, and Hiro Yui, the not the pacifist, a yeah. trained assassin since he was a child, is picked as the main character. Stone Cold Killer. He has been killing since about age 8 or 10, and yeah. he is not exactly what you'd call skilled in the terms of socialization. So, was this on YTV? This was on YTV. Okay. This is on YTV. This is where the Just main checking. character tells a woman that he's going to kill her in public. Because she invited him to her birthday party. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into that story later on, I think. Oh, boy. Um, but, okay. yeah, um... He's our main character, and we follow him pretty much every episode, where we get to watch his, I guess, adventures is where we want to use for that, where he goes about with his giant fuck you laser can robot, destroying military bases and yeah. the soldiers doing their damn jobs. And he has, I guess, kind of the title Gundam. Yes. Because he has the winged Gundam. Yeah. Or referred to as Wing One sometimes. Yeah. And he later on gets what's referred to as the Wing Zero. The show's called Gundam Wing, but the Gundam's called Wing Gundam. Yeah, I, I know. It's <laughs> it's not the weirdest yeah. thing Gundam has done in terms of his naming. In fact, yeah. There's oftentimes the title has no relationship to the main Gundam. Good. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, for example, Gundam Seed. There is no Seed Gundam. Gundam Seed Destiny. There is a Destiny Gundam. Okay. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. <laughs> G Gundam. There is no G Gundam. Oh boy. Gundam Unicorn. There is a Unicorn Gundam. We're, we're gonna have to do a, a, a G Gundam episode. Oh god, yeah. It sounds utterly fucking ridiculous. Um, yes, yes, it will. We'll we'll get to that when the time comes. Yes, but uh, anyway, <laughs> back on to the topic of trying to explain Hero Yui. Um. He must have been really hard to actually voice because he has no goddamn emotions. No. He's pretty much what I want to say the progenitor of the blank emotionless emo main character of a gun of, of an anime in general. So, so much teen angst. <laughs> yes. He is walking teen angst, but yeah. unlike a lot of characters where you go, okay, he's just being a teenager, considering his most recurring memory is that he was ordered to blow up an Oz base in a colony. The chain reaction of explosions he caused crushes a little girl that he actually befriended. Ah. Uh. And he constantly remembers killing that little girl by mistake. And it haunts him to this... Pretty much... What I understand, he lives for 200 years. So, he haunts him for 200 years. 200 years, good. He gets frozen for about oh, 150 okay. of them. Okay, well, that, that makes more sense. Yeah, but still. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> the next... Uh. Um, main character, I guess you could say... Uh, I guess you could argue it's either Lena Peacecraft or Duo well, Maxwell. I would say we should go through the Gundam pilots All right, first. Well, Duo so, Maxwell is definitely the next most yeah. prominent Gundam character. And um, he's voiced by one of the men known for a thousand voices. Oh, or yeah. at least a thousand roles. Scott McNeil. I know I know that. I, I, I was watching the T show... And tell me, did you ever watch Beast Wars? Yes. Scott McNeil was most of the Beast Wars characters. Oh, oh my god, I'm hearing it now. Yes, you when are. I, when I was watching it, I was like, like why is this guy's voice so fucking familiar? Yeah, and one of the things I love about Scott McNeil is uh, there's a scene where his Gundam gets destroyed. Yeah. And he didn't know how to emote that feeling until he remember the time his wife backed over his motorcycle. 
So he used that memory to scream out what happened to his Death Scythe Gundam, which, incidentally, I love the Death Scythe Gundam. Yeah. It's literally, it's what you think it is. It's a yeah. Grim Reaper Gundam uh-huh. with a beam saber yep. for on the scythe blade. So it's a yeah. laser laser scythe. Yeah. And um, later it gets upgraded with cloaking. Just just to clarify here, like I'm hearing this right. Uh, the guy, the guy who voiced Duo voiced Rat Trap, didn't he? Yep. Oh yeah. And Dinobot. Okay. Yep. Yep. And yep. Silverbolt. <laughs> and I think Pterosaur. Huh. I can't remember if he voiced Pterosaur or not. Uh, but yeah, basically, if you look at Scott McNeil's list of things he's yeah. voiced, and actually, I think Duel is one of his favorite characters he's ever voiced. I could see that. And I, Duel is just of the four of the five Gundam pilots, the one you would actually have a goddamn conversation with. I he think. he's the least uh, angsty. Yeah, he's the one who um, will talk about things other than. A glorious death and uh, suicide, I guess. <laughs> but he also is looking for suicide. Oh yeah, you know, no, 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 for sure. He's, he wants death. He, he still, he still wants to die the right way, and is is completely uh, committed to giving his life for his cause. But he he likes other things, I guess. Yeah. He likes to have a good time. He goes on dates. <laughs> he has a social life. Yeah. Although my my biggest question is, how does he braid that long braid ponytail he has? Oh my god. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, he's. You could actually talk the most or least about him because of just. He's the least messed up, and that kind of, for some people, makes him the least interesting, but honestly, he's just so much fun when he's on screen. He is. I think there, there's, there's so much time spent on characters who are d- either depressed, angry, or currently in a mental breakdown. That when duos on screen, it's it's a fr- breath yeah. of fresh air. It's like, oh hey, look, he has a smile on his face. <laughs> Basically, it's like watching a terrible soap opera where everyone's angsty, and all of a sudden you change the channel and there's a comedy show. You're just, oh thank uh, God, I don't even care if it's a bad comedy. <laughs> it's oh God, I just need to. The thing about duo is even when you deliver some of the more badly written lines. Because, you know, it's Scott McNeil, and he's giving it his all, because I don't think Scott McNeil can give anything less than his all. Yeah. He brightens the room up. He makes some scenes completely tolerable. Yeah. And, honestly, most people I know say he's their favorite of the Gundam pilots. I could see that. I want to say, he, he Hero used to be mine when I watched this when I was 10, because, oh, the cold story guy. But Duel is yeah. definitely my favorite of the five main Gundam pilots. Uh, something I'm realizing is, um, you said you watched this when you were about 10. Yeah. When I was 10, I don't think I would have been able to watch this. Too much story. Uh, I mean, I, I was I was a very simple-minded kid. <laughs> I was, you know. I was that kid who was interested in a storyline of Power Rangers. Okay. But also was interested in the fights. You might have been the only one. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, now, at least. There are lots of yeah. people who will say that now they are. But back yeah. in the day, no, nobody yeah. said that. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll but, talk about... Uh, but what I was going to say is, uh, when I was 10, I definitely wouldn't have, wa- wouldn't have watched it. But now I'm thinking back, when I was like 13, maybe? Yeah. Because that was like peak teen angst time. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I hate everything. I'm going to blow up the world. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But speaking of uh, teen angst, I guess we'll talk about Troa next, who is somehow even more robotic sounding. Troa is, um, to put it lightly, in my opinion, I guess a poor man's hero. <laughs> yeah, he's basically he's either hero light or hero times two. Oh. I'm not sure which he is, but he's definitely more confusing background wise. Yeah. Um. And I mean, in terms of uh, 
angst and and um, emotionless um, emotionlessness. I mean, there's that scene where he blows up uh, who's he blows up the death scythe. Yeah, and he he uh, very calmly states are those my tears or what was the line like i think are these my tears yeah because it's he's crying yeah heavy arms has got him yeah yeah yeah, and you're just like what happened to you man but the thing is troll barton is not his name no in fact he's the only thing we get close to a name in the series is he gets referred to as if you must call me something call me no name okay and i'm just like um wow how many of them actually use their real names? Because Troa doesn't, Hero doesn't. Uh, pretty sure Catrus is a real name. Okay, yeah, because you see his family in the back. Duo, there. I think uh, Maxwell is definitely his real. La- it, it, it was Father Maxwell was the guy who took care of Duo, so oh, he's okay. taking Maxwell either okay. as an homage or he literally changed his last name to Maxwell. Mm. Uh, Fei, I know. We'll get to Wufei, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, even other characters like Zex Marquis. I mean, he's... Uh, was it? M- Milliard... Milliardo Peacecraft. There you go. There's, there's a thing, actually, about the interesting thing about everyone who pilots a Gundam. Yeah. Hero, one. Duo, yeah. two. Yeah. Troa, three. Yeah. Katra, four. Wufei means somewhere on the five. I don't know which part yeah. means five. And Milliardo literally means million. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I believe uh, Zex is... Um, German for six. I I'm think not, so. I'm, yeah, it sounds like, like I, I looked it up because I, I I was only like three episodes in. And I was like, these names have a theme. A lot of numbers going on here. Yeah, and L- Lady Un. Um, oh yeah, I forgot Lady Un. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trace. Trace. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I looked. I was it up half expecting Lena's real name to be real to be something. <laughs> with a number. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping like, maybe her yeah. maybe her middle name is Relina Pie Peacecraft. <laughs> Like uh, I yes, you've been raised as um, what's what's her last name? Rulina. Oh, Dart Darlian. Darlian. Yeah. Darlene. Dar- I forget something, something like that. Dar- Darlian. I never but remember. Your your birth name was actually thirty seven Peacecraft. Just just straight up. They <laughs> should <laughs> But yeah, uh, going back to Troa is. Uh, knowing another one. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but going back to Troll, it's really hard to talk with him because he's basically the the butter in a sandwich. Mm. He's just there. Yeah. He's got one of the better Gundams, the heavier arm, which is yeah, the, which is the Gundam covered in guns. I I really like the design of heavy arms. That was the the Gundam that I kind of. Gravity the thing is, a lot of people end up grabbing the, the heavy arms because it's just usually the simplest solution is to bring a lot of guns. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's really hard to talk about. He disguises himself as a circus performer, but he's also a secret agent, but he also doesn't have any past. And he's just... He has a running thing about how when they need to infiltrate the enemy's side, he does it, and he does it so well. His friends are like... Did he betray us for real this time? He shot me. I think he did. <laughs> but he can just, like... I, I'm pretty sure one of the original versions of his lines is, What are emotions? Yeah. That's, that sounds in line with him, yeah. But at the same time, I don't know when he hates him. He's just, like I said, he's the butter of a sandwich. He's yeah. there. He's there to fill, do a purpose. Yeah. Which, I, I didn't hate him. I just... I, I didn't really... Gravity tool. Yeah. He, he, he's... He, you don't... You're not upset that he's there, and you're rarely asking, "Hey, where's Troa?" Yeah, it's it's really funny. Um, in terms of 
the characters I liked out of those Gundam pilots and the Gundams I liked, it doesn't always match up. No, 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 it doesn't. Duo and Death Scythe mm-hmm. are among the top, and the Wing Gundam and Hero. Yeah. But the other three are all over the place for me. I can definitely say, for the next one, Catra, yeah. Yeah. he might be the worst of the Gundam pods. And his Gundam didn't do much for me either. No, San- it's, Sandrock? Sandrock. It's got one of the cool melee weapons, which is two giant like curved swords that superheat themselves to mm. cut through anything like butter. Like, you've seen the 1,000 degree knife versus. Yeah. That, that's his Gundam's <laughs> main weapon. But, at the same time, it's got no range. Even duels has some range. Mm-hmm. And he is... It's got a bit of a bland design. It doesn't really... It's called Sandrock. It does have... Um, now, what is the name of that, like... Like, basically, army that he has back The Maganda Force? Yeah. Like that. They're basically just sidekicks to the Gundams. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the Gundams do, they do. Hmm. So they're the least confusing faction. They're just basically... Catra has a bunch of back, uh, backup dancers. Yeah, back dancers. They're right. Yeah. Um, Their suits are okay designed. They're not going to win any awards, in my opinion, but... You know, we said Duo had the least angst. It's probably Catra. Catra? But, like, he also doesn't have much of a personality. <laughs> okay, Duo <laughs> has the least angst. Catra has... Catra is trying to have angst. Yeah. I've always got that impression from him. He's trying... Like, okay, everyone's angsty now, so I'm going to be angsty too. Hey... Oh no, everyone's distressed. I better go do this machine that screws up my brain. <laughs> Catra trying to have teen angst is like, um, what's a good example? Um, it's like Mickey Mouse trying to look tough. Yes. Like, he has, <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously. Uh, oh god, now I cannot help but picture Catra being voiced by Mickey Mouse. <laughs> It would so work in some scenes. It would work. Um, Like, it's not that he doesn't have an interesting backstory or interesting stuff doesn't happen to him, but, like, he has a go To go back to my analogy of that, if Troa is the butter, Catra is the untoasted white bread you didn't put in the toaster. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, He's the brains of the five, but sometimes you wonder why. Yeah. He's the one. He's also the one I really didn't like the most because he's the one who goes really hard into we have to end war. We have to go become pacifists. I'm like, you are literally a giant death robot. Okay, here we go. We're, we're going uh, full sandwich analogy here. Catra is the untoasted white bread. Uh, what'd you say? Troa no, is the butter. Troa is the butter. Uh, Hero's the meat. Yes. Duo is the fun, tasty condiment. Yes. And Wufei... Is the black olives a little bitter? Not for everybody, but kind of works. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't work for me, but yeah. I, sti- I still. It, it, here's the thing about them, though. At least he looks good on a sandwich. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't like yeah, olives yeah. or black olives on your sandwich, they gotta, you gotta admit when they're stuck in with the, the sword tooth thing, you stand yeah. back going, "Yeah, that's a professional looking sandwich." There you go. <laughs> Why didn't I toast that piece of bread? <laughs> yeah, Wufei is the fifth one, and he's. Kind of a stereotype, too. He's a Chinese warrior from a Chinese colony yeah. who must have an honorable fight. But the thing is, at least you know his motives are honorable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one question, because I haven't finished it. Does the thing ever get resolved where, like, 
he mentions on several occasions that he doesn't fight women. No. Like, that's just an issue that they never... No. Like I said, he's a stereotype. But, like, like it, it, it's, it, it's, it's not even necessary. Like, no. He, he, there are times where, like, he's fighting, and the second he finds out that he's fighting a woman, he's just like... Nope. No, I'm just going to walk away from this fight. This isn't worth my time. I don't fight women. <laughs> I don't fight weak, pathetic women. It's basically, it's basically that, like... Like, Wufei is interesting, and there's cool scenes. Like, yeah. um, his, he, his first fight with Trace, where he... That sword duel, yeah. Yeah. And they have a rematch near the end of the series where it's a Gundam fight. Okay. and they, I want to see that. Oh, it's good. In fact, uh, Trace pilots a Talgis Mark II. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, uh, of the five Gundams, he's the only one with a quirk of... His Gundam is called the Shenlong Gundam. Yeah. He refers to it as the Nataku. Not the Nataku Gundam. He just called it the Nataku. Mm. And I don't remember why he did that. And I don't remember if you were talking about that. And I'm always okay. like, as a kid, that confused me more than the factions on yeah. how the doctors call it the Shenhong. And he keeps calling it the Nataku. And I'm like, what's its name? What's its name? What's its name? I, I, I found, um, starting off, it was kind of confusing in fight scenes. Because the Wing Gundam and the Shenlong have very similar color. Colors. Yeah, they're both got a blue. The blue, yellow, red sort of yeah. color palette. And, like, you only have five main Gundams. You probably could have picked something else there. When it gets upgraded, <laughs> it's green. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there a different name on it when it's upgraded? Is that... Because I've seen that already. It's, it's got basically... It's Shenlong and then a name attached to it. Okay, like, yeah. I know for the Death Scythe, it goes from Death Scythe to Death Scythe Hell. Yeah, yeah. Which actually caused a controversy when they tried to sell the toy in North America. Oh, boy. But that's not the first time yeah. Gundam's caused controversy with his names. There's no. literally a Gundam called the God Gundam and one called the Devil Gundam. <laughs> oh, no. In North America, they referred to it as the Burning Gundam and the Dark Gundam. Oh, my God. Oh, the 90s. Wait, wait, when was that? That was G Gundam. Oh, G Gundam? Okay, of course. Yeah. Which I think we got after Gundam Wing, but technically it aired in Japan before Gundam yeah. Wing. Either way, the 90s was a fun time for people kicking up stink about toys and video games, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, Just, yep. But, uh, yeah, that's the five main Gundam pilots. You can notice we had more to say about the first two, and as we progressed along, we had less to say about them. Yeah. Then we get to the unofficial sixth Gundam pilot. Zex Marquis, a.k.a. Milliard of Peacecraft, the Lightning Baron. Or... Refer to the Lightning Count. Okay. Who is... Hands down, the most interesting of the male characters. Yeah, he's starts off as the rival for hero, then kind of sides with the Gundams, and he's the final boss. Hmm. He ends yep. up leading the White Fang. Yeah, and he he's definitely the most fleshed out of them. I think because he we know his whole story. He was a prince. Yeah. His nation is conquered. He becomes friends with the leader of Oz, Trace Kushinada, who basically helps him become a soldier. His kingdom is all about pacifism, but he realizes pacifism will not save his, his kingdom. So he becomes a soldier, breaks his father's vow of pacifism, and he is a damn good soldier. Oh, yeah. He gets also the best robots. Yep. Uh... Well, I mean, so far I've only seen the Tall Geese, which he, was fucking awesome. He gets the Tall Geese. We, sh we should explain the, the Tall Geese here we will. as well. He pilots the Wing Zero. Yep. And he ends the series in my favorite mech of the series, the Epion, 
which I have just really seen for the first time in yeah. where I am yeah. in the series. Tra- like I said, he, yeah, Zek starts off as a prince, becomes a soldier, and then leaves Oz because he and Trace no longer agree with each other about how conflict should be handled. Trace and Zex only worked together until Zex could save his homeland. They're still friends. Even when they're bloody... Even when Oz and White Fang are fighting, they still refer to each other as the best of friends. And... Yeah. They are... They grieve for each other. And... So, uh... You may have noticed uh, a, a vast improvement in the audio quality all of a sudden, and that's because 50 minutes into the recording, I realized that the computer was recording us with the uh, standard computer mic and not our actual podcasting mic. Eh, technology. So, we're going to keep it because... Um, we had a thing going. We had, we yeah. had energy to it. Yeah. So... Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Sorry about the quality of the first fifty minutes or so. Um, hopefully, post will fix some of the issues there. Yes. Uh, if it's that bad to you, I will activate the self-destruct sequence. <laughs> but you, you won't actually die. Oh <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, why don't we talk about that? Because I forget where we yeah. were. So let's talk about uh, the Gundams. And the first thing is, if you're in a giant fighting robot and you set it to explode. Should you die? Probably. Yeah, tell that the hero Yui. He is oh my God. resilient. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their excuse is, oh, he was a trained soldier from year, since he was a child. Yes, that would probably make him able to beat up most people in a room. Survive an explosion where you're sitting inside the explosion? The, the thing about the self-destruct, and not like... I, I mean, I've watched a lot of fantasy and sci-fi. I, I'm willing to uh, suspend my disbelief. Oh, I, I could have believed he would have lived, yes. Yeah, sure. But after the, say, third time that a Gundam pilot says, this will be a glorious death, and sets the self-destruct, and then lives, I'm like, okay, I guess they don't kill anybody in this fucking show ever. Because, uh... <laughs> they do. But they also don't. Yeah, they... But the thing that... I can believe they can survive this, and I understand they need to be up in action after most an episode in bed. Yeah. But could you at least ruin their hair? <laughs> <laughs> or give them some scars? No, they gotta stay pretty boys? Yeah. Which, um... Speaking of pretty boys, the Gundam pilots are actually designed after male models. Oh, I understand. Okay. Which is why Gundam Wing is the most popular Gundam series among women. Okay, I get that. Oh, especially the, uh, if you're familiar with the term, the Yaoi fan base. Okay, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, Yaoi refers to, uh, in Japanese, as boys love, which is when two men are together. Uh, okay. The equivalent, the reverse is Yuri, when it's two girls together. Okay. But yeah, Gundam Wing is incredibly popular among women. Okay. Because of the pretty boys, and they could never damage them even in their explosions. Yeah. No, or when they get course. trapped in spacesuits in space. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think Hero bleeded once, maybe. <laughs> um I think they've all bled, but it's Oh yeah, bled, that's the word, not bleeded. Uh, I guess I guess bled is what I meant. I mean Yes, but um Potato Potato. 
Technical difficulties with mouth. But uh, <laughs> they at most get like paper cuts on their arms and mm. they'll wear the standard white bandages wrapped around yeah. them. Which in anime, if you're wearing a bandage, that means you're healing. Yeah. It doesn't mean you should be held up in bed. Like the only time I can think of an anime character being in a full body suit was Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. But then Goku ate a magical mystical being to fix all wounds and restore all stamina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I we were talking about Zex and uh, yeah, prince to soldier to rebel leader. And you can follow his beats pretty well. There's a couple of times you wonder where his leaps of logic were, but he out of the Gundam pilots, he's the only technical adult. Yeah. And he has a very interesting relationship with Hero, especially when it comes to involving the next most important character in the series, Miss Redina Peacecraft, who yes. we later find out is Zex's little sister, who, yeah. yes, um, in the end of the in the end of the whole Gundam Wing series, she and Hero actually do become an official item. Oh, really? We don't get that out until like a spin-off manga at the okay. end of the series. Okay. But yeah, that makes the whole rivalry with Zex more interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Also considering a couple of scenes he actually willingly hands over his sister to Hero. Oh, okay. Because he realizes that Hero is going to do a better job protecting her than he will. Yeah. Zex makes himself into a murder at one point. Because he realizes, I can't be the ruler of the Saint Kingdom. I've done so much bloodshed. Like I said, he goes full hand. He realizes what I've become, well, let's just roll with it. Okay, yeah. And... Yeah, the final fight between him and Hero is one of my favorites in anime. Nice. It takes place in this falling apart space space weapon. Oh, okay. That's basically, nice. think of the basically if imagine if Darth Vader and Luke had their epic duel in the exploding chamber of the okay. Death Star rather yeah. than just in a room in the Death I, Star. I could see that being pretty fucking. Plus, cool. the two of them can fly. Oh yeah, yep. Um, so. Relina and Hero end up together, which, I mean, should have been obvious from the get-go. They had such chemistry. Oh, yeah. I mean, she invites him to her, her birthday party. He tears the envelope and tells her, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. He, like, and it's the in the most dramatic way. Yeah. Like, uh... Rip. Toss. And, and, like, starting to walk past her, but stopping when you're side to side. You know, you got that dramatic side to side, and then just a slight head turn and... I'll kill you. And then continue like, walking away. Like, I mean, I've gone to parties that I didn't want to be at. I've been forced to go places and out to clubs that I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to be there. But there are better ways to go about it, man. Yeah. I mean, I've <laughs> wished death upon people in these certain events, but I don't go up and tell them to that. No. I'll just sit there and grumble into my bottle of pop. It's it's called uttering threats. That's a that's a fucking offense. All... <laughs> I mean, that's totally the worst thing Hero does in the entire series. Absolutely, that's the worst. Actually, most people I know say that is the worst thing he did in the series. <laughs> I just look at him. He blew up an oil factory. Yeah, <laughs> oil foundation or yeah refinery. Jesus, third time. Um. Yeah. So Relina is interesting. She's. If not the first, the most prevalent of what's referred to as the princess of uh, the Gundam princesses. Okay. Where they are usually the stout pacifists, and well, let's just say Relina has a huge set of balls. 
Yes. <laughs> for, uh, for a privileged white princess. Yeah. There are several points where a gun is literally pointed in her face by stone-cold killers. I don't even think she blinks at them. No. I almost think she intimidates a few of them to back down. Here's the thing. She is so stoutward to her beliefs, and yeah. she is so good at being, giving speeches at one point. She almost gets named the Queen of Earth. Oh, yeah. The Roma Foundation tries to use her to their advantage by using her as a figure of puppet head, and her own popularity allows her to take control slightly of the Roma Foundation. And, yeah. Oh, my. There's a, and even after she's not made queen in the movie, people still refer to her as Queen Rolina because they have hold her in that much regard. Okay. And she is doing that much work for actual pacifism, yeah. despite the fact that a couple of her beliefs don't work in real life. But then again, it's an anime. Real life is something you need to forget about sometimes. So, so despite um, any actual title... Everyone just refers to her queen anyway. Yeah, even when she no longer is yeah. ruler of the saint, so, uh, her own kingdom. So, I mean, she's basically the Beyonce of Gundam. In her universe, yes. <laughs> she's not my favorite of the Gundam princesses, but she is definitely the progenitor of a lot of their tropes. Yeah. Even the ones I hate can trace their roots back to Relina. Mm -hmm. And at, as a kid, I couldn't stand her. No. Because she was talking about pacifism in a show about giant fighting robots. Yeah. So, like I said, I understood the show as a kid. Does not mean I was politically correct as a kid. No. Or kind, or <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to say. But, uh, as an adult who actually knows this stuff, all I can say to her is, you go, girl. You're not doing it right, but you are trying and giving 110% <laughs> every time, so... Yeah. And... I give credit to her actress in the dub. I can't remember her name now, but uh, she could not have been easy to voice in some scenes. No. And she gives such really heavy-handed speeches and to still make her sound human. Yeah. That's another thing we need to mention about this is the Gundam Wing's dub is... I remember it being better. Yeah, there were times when I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, for the main... Main characters. Yeah. They definitely picked some good people. Some of them were... I don't care who you are. Some of the lines they give and the acting these characters have to do. Nobody can make them sound good. No. Um, I, I remember one specific character. I cannot tell you the name or the uh, the motives or what that character was in this show. Yeah. Because every time they were on screen, I was just like, oh my god, this voice acting is so terrible. Yeah. And I, 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 he was an older guy. I feel like he was maybe wearing like a Hawaiian shirt of some sort or something like that. I uh, think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, my brain. I'm either, I'm either getting that mixed up with another character, but yeah, yeah I think like, something along those lines. And like his delivery was very much like, I'm gonna try and sound as much like a uh, a hip uh, surfer dude. Yeah. And it was just oh. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the guy who flies the, uh, the the ship called the Peace Million. Yeah, there you go. Yes. I mean, yeah, he definitely does. His actor is definitely trying. But the thing is, I think his actor is also five other characters at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah. That, that would do it. the thing is, they're at least trying to change their voices and their implications. But there's one voice actor who I swear is in every single episode, and he's always Soldier A, which is a, a, a thing in anime where Soldier A is usually the first one to die. Yeah. And yes, he ends up dying, I think, in nearly every episode. 
And I wish there was like a DVD commentary where we get to have that guy go, oh, there's when I died. I yep. died in this episode. Yep. <laughs> this when I lived. For this death, I tried something a little different. <laughs> For this death, I had a sore throat, so I ended up making it sound less realistic. But the next <laughs> death, I stuffed my toe on purpose. I couldn't show up to this day, so they, they just used the Wilhelm scream instead. Um... God, oh, God. Now I want a, a clip of all the exploding mechs with the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. And quotes to the sense, wow, the Wilhelm family cannot pilot robots. <laughs> but, uh, like I said, it, it, for an early anime dub of the 90s, yeah. we have heard, I have heard worse done in modern day. Yeah. And, I, like I said, I, I give credit where credit is due. And they, a lot of the actors, this is either their first time or they have no idea. I don't even know if they had a proper like uh, voicing director. Because a lot of early animes I know didn't, no. and if they did, they were also one of the actors. Yeah. So it's hard to be the director and an actor at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't imagine they record at the same time, but no. if you're doing that the same, if you're voicing a character and then you have to go back into the, the dubbing the, the, in the booth to give directions, you're probably exhausted yourself. Considering how often the Gundam cuts have to scream. I mean, it's not Dragon Ball Z level of screams. No, no, they yeah. They 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 are, they happen every episode instead of being an episode. Yes, and usually the scream makes a bit more sense. Yeah, there's a couple of screams in Gundam where I'm like, "Why are you screaming?" Yeah, but screaming when your giant robot explodes. Like I said, that story mm-hmm. with Scott McNeil is one I just love listening to, and just like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I definitely do think uh, Duo may be the best voiced in that show. I yeah. Like, he may not be the best uh, acted. Like, some of the actors have a lot... Like I said, a lot of the characters are very withdrawn. Yeah. Like, I like Zex as a character, but he doesn't really emote much. No. But that's his character. He's not supposed to. I think Duo is maybe the only voice I can picture perfectly. Yes. Like, it, he has the most memorable. Yeah. I, I can picture Hero and Zex, but I might be getting them mixed up, because they're both... Like, Zex yeah. is probably deeper, but they're both yeah. withdrawn... Not very emotive people. Yeah. And then there's Trey's, who's also withdrawn, not very emotive. Then there's Droa, mm-hmm. withdrawn, not very emotive. And a lot of Rodina's scenes, she has to be withdrawn and not very emotive. <laughs> and she's a girl. And, so, and I'm like, you could probably put one of the guys in her role for some scenes that would have worked just as well. But, but Duo, even when he's somber, there's life in him. Yeah. And. Like I said, he's less, he's probably one of the ones that you could easily have a conversation with because he it feels the most human out of the pilots. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, you know, not every story needs a human. I mean, people apparently like Captain America, and I think he's really flat, pretty much flat <laughs> one. But uh, then there's a whole bunch of other side important characters. We keep mentioning this character, Trace Kushranada. He's the big boss of Oz, and... He's playing a chess game with a world that even I don't fully understand. Yeah, Tra- Trace is... Uh, that was one of the, the parts of it that I, I kept having to look up because I, was, I wasn't I was quite sure what he was doing most yeah. of the time. Yeah, and that's the thing. He is supposed to be written like that. He is playing a grand chess game with the entire goddamn world as a chess board. Yeah. But my, my thing I don't understand is, do you like or do you hate war? Because your dialogue flip-flops, man. Yeah. Um, then I, there's his assistant, Lady Un, who literally has a split personality. Yeah. Um, 
That was confusing. Where one of her personalities is war loving, and the other one is total pacifist. Yeah, I, I, uh, it took me a while to figure out that that was the same character. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that as, until my second viewing of it. I, I was was watching it, and I was just like, I was like, she looks kind of like Lady On, but like, obviously it's not. I mean, no, no glasses, no hair, no, no Leia buns, and very sweet and kind. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much more time we should spend on the characters because there's a lot of characters. Yeah. Well, my my favorite character we haven't mentioned about is uh, basically Zex's wing one. Oh, uh, knowing knowing. Yeah, because she actually may be the best pilot. Period in that show because she's able to keep up with not only the Gundams but an army of robots controlled by uh, the Zero System. Just fine, and she's in a less powerful suit than everybody else. Yeah, and she's just what I, a lot of a bit of her is she may be a woman, but she is just that she's a soldier first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her her gender does not define her. No, and that's one of the things I loved about Amy as a kid is I was still confused by a lot of Western shows. Mm. Yeah, girl power, and there's Liddy, uh, there's uh, Lieutenant Noyne flying a giant fighting robot. Bossing people around, and you tend to people forget. All right, she's a woman. Yeah, and also, um, yes, the chemistry between her and Zex is actually there on purpose. Yeah, they have kids. Oh, in the spinoff manga. Oh, okay. I... Or do they? I don't know. You're, you're just giving just... a very intense look right now. <laughs> um, we should maybe touch on the. Zero system. Yes, that is something I have to get into arguments with my friends who have watched the show and know it even better than me. So don't feel bad if you're confused by this. Yeah. But the Zero system is a big fancy computer inside mobile suits yep. that looks at everything going on the battlefield and basically, depending on the pilot, can determine what the outcome of fight will be. Yeah. So when someone in cold is calculating a say, hero gets in the suit... It can determine the best way of killing everybody. Yeah. When someone as flip-floppy as Catra gets in, it drives him bonkers because all he can see is not only every way to kill everybody, but every way he'll get killed by them. Okay. It doesn't guarantee victory. It just gives yeah. you the best course for it. And if it's you're, sort of like a, like a predictive... Yeah, it's a predictive... A lot of my friends say it can see the future. No, it is not precog. No. It basically... You know, if you have a goal, like you... Yeah. For example, you want to get to the store. The Zero System would find every way of getting to the store, including flying through a house. Yeah. Like, I guess, in a way, it can technically kind of see the future, but not really. It's not saying, this is the future, this will happen. It's saying... There is a 95% chance if you blow up that yeah. robot, it'll cause a chain reaction that blows yeah. up all the ones to its left. It, it's, um... But the problem with the Zero System is, just because you... Let's go back to my example. You want to get to the store... That's your goal. Yeah. It gives you every way of getting to the store. Yeah. At once. Yeah. Most people go mental from it. Yeah. It, which which is where the show was starting to get really interesting for yeah, me. Yeah, and... and I'm, I'm at the early stages of the Zero System. The Zero System, a lot of people say Hero changes his character a lot. And you can point to the Zero System doing that. Because it, the thing is, it doesn't just give you combat data. Because Hero is focused on a goal, it's also calculating his goal. So it can let him see the best way. Yeah. Zex also gets the zero system. 
he has a different goal, but they're well. But he basically, Zex and Hero have the same goal: peace. Yeah. Why are they fighting? They have the exact same computer system. They have. They're two very different people who don't see the same options. For okay. for example, going back to my example of going to the going to the store, Zex may see flying through all these houses as no loss. Hero may see I have to fly around them. Okay. Yeah. Because it gives you all the same data and you have the same goal, the person determines what they want. And that's why not everyone can use this system, because either you can't take that much data, or you don't have a strong enough will for this outcome. Like, going back to the store example, you kind of want to go to the store, but you're not really sure now is the right time, and oh great, now the computer's also figuring out when's the best time to go to the store, and what's the best thing to buy at the store, and okay, my nose is bleeding because I got too much data. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why some characters just like, I ain't flying that. Nope. No, 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 no. But a lot of people think, oh, if you fly, you're guaranteed victory because you can see all the outcomes. Yeah, it just because you can predict the future does not mean it can make make favorable answers come out of nowhere. In fact, I think one or twice, once or twice, it actually tells Hero, no, there's no outcome that if you do, there's no way of stopping this. He does it anyway, despite the fact the system is telling him this is stupid, but your goal is to live? But yeah. you're trying to do this? The, there, there's no... And at some points, Hero starts talking to the Wing Zero, as if it's alive. Oh, fuck. But I don't know if he's just doing it for the sake of having a conversation with nobody. Really? It's in his head. <laughs> or some people actually think it's learning sentience because it's that smart. I don't buy that third one. I just buy he's talking to it for the sake of... Yeah. You know how some... Stories people talk to their weapons all the time. Yeah, yeah. That that's how I see it. Okay, yeah. And plus, it's a humanoid shape that would make me want to talk to a giant robot, even if it couldn't respond to me. Yeah, that's true. Man, this this show, the show alone is a deep fucking well of conversation. Like, <laughs> and, and it's and not my favorite Gundam show. It's a fraction of the franchise. Yeah. So obviously, we're gonna come back to Gundam. Oh, uh, yes, yes. I mean, we haven't even touched on the Gunpla. Gunpla is April. Gunpla is an, a very important part of Gundam, which uh, you may have never bought Gunpla in your life, but it's affected your life if you're a nerd. Yeah. I guarantee it. I believe that. Um, I don't even know where to go. I like. I, I know we're, we're um, running a little short on time here. But how do you, like, where do you even, there's so much to touch on in this fucking show. Yeah. Um, I hope some people who are listening to this are now confused and want to watch it to prove how bad we are telling about this or have rekindled their need to watch this show. Look, I just want people to watch this show. Like, yeah. It may not wow you as much as other shows, but it, this is an important part of my childhood. This show, while I didn't really, like, it, it was a slow burner for me. I, like, I watched it for the fights. I understood the story somewhat. But I kept coming back to it the older I got. Yeah. And it's definitely shaped me into a very different person. And while I don't think some of the characters hold as strong of a feel on me, it's definitely one of those shows I can point back to saying, this is why I want to understand politics a bit more. Because okay, yeah. 
you know, you don't think there's politics in a giant fighting robot show. Oh, this show is grand with it. This is like 95% politics and 5% robot. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so political. But um, at the same time, it's not, well, okay, it's not greatly political written, but when you think about it back in the 90s, compared to other shows we got yeah. in the mid-90s to late 90s. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, they are questioning um, the use of force for the outcome of peace. Yes. That, that is, like, a major theme. Yeah, that's a major theme. There's at one point, there's a kingdom that's totally pacifist, no military, and people still defend it. So, does that break pacifism? Yeah. That's a question. It and is. My answer to that question is, no, it does not, because the people who are pacifists never asked for protection. That's true. And there's just yeah. some other people who thought... I can't let this symbol of peace die. I will fight for it. So I guess I guess let's uh, let's summarize the show in a way. Ooh, um, um, fantastic animation. Oh uh, yeah, the soundtrack. Oh, I, I love that. Soundtrack. I love the soundtrack. Like um, the sort of uh, almost Mission Impossible. Yeah, it's got a Mission Impossible. It's kind of a Rock technoish kind of. Oh, feel. You know what? The, the there's this there's this one theme that keeps coming up when uh, it seems like at the very beginning of a battle. Yeah. And it's like dun dun dun. Yeah. And I realized it sounds kind of like Judge Judy. Uh, <laughs> you can't see the face I made, but now I'm picturing Judge Judy with the Gundam uh, V thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, I, I want the soundtrack, so... I honestly got to a point, I would say maybe 10, 15 episodes in, where I skip the opening. Yeah. Because I cannot have that song stuck in my fucking head. <laughs> Just Communication was stuck in my head for about 72 hours straight. It's been stuck in my head for almost 20 years. It won't go away. No, it won't. I'm hearing it now. Yeah. I'm hearing it in my sleep. I... I, I <laughs> I'm being haunted by the opening theme to Gundam Wing. But it's too good to you to it, get mad at it. I'm singing words I don't know. I, I'm singing Japanese words that I can't pronounce. Um, you would hate going on cartridge with me because I actually do play Japanese songs and sing along to them. That, that's fine. I just can't take that song over and over and over. It's a great song, but when it, it is in your head and in your ears for 72 hours straight, you start to go a little catra. You start to say, you know what? I'm going to blow this whole fucking place up. Okay. Uh, in one of my favorite games, uh, every time the Gundam Wing mobile suits show up, they play that song. Wow. And you can control every major character in that game. Wow. Yeah, so, and the, the worst part of it is, every time their turn ends and they start, you pick the next one, they restart the song. Oh my god. Um, so, I think at some point we're probably going to have to come back to this series itself. We are definitely coming back to Gundam. We may not come back to Gundam yeah. Wing, unless yeah. people demand us to finish our ramblings on it. Yeah, like, there's so much more to touch on. Uh, I definitely think we'll come back... When we come back to Gundam, we're, we're going to ease ourselves back in with G Gundam. Oh, yeah. Just so we can have a show that's... <laughs> uh, way... Okay, uh, basically, the best way to describe G Gundam is... You know, you know Gundam Wing, all the nuance and all the epicness it had to it? Yeah, throw that out and just put in Dragon Ball Z screams. <laughs> Power-ups. And bizarre oh, okay. kung fu attacks. Oh, and... Um, I just have to say this. 
One of the most important characters in G Gundam, his name is Master Asia. Master Asia. Yes. Oh boy. He's the guy Bruce Lee would check under his bed for. Master Asia sounds like if you took someone who scoffs at anime and said, hey, what do you think the name of this anime character is? I don't know, fucking Master Asia. Well, um, he's known as the Undefeated of the East. Um, and at one point he decides to become Super Asia, where he'll be the Undefeated of the North, South, West, and East. Of course he does. I love that mustached man. It sounds just as subtle as Gundam Wing. Um... <laughs> It's an environmental show. Um, so yeah, this was my first time watching it. I haven't even finished it. Um, I hope you do get a chance to finish it. I, I definitely will. In summation, I guess, uh, I do really... I really enjoy what I watched. I enjoy... Like, I really, really like certain aspects. I lo- like, this is my first time with Gundam, and I love the Gundam. I love the designs. I, yeah. I want... I didn't even get a chance to gush about how... Beautiful, these suits are. There's not a bad suit in it. There's yeah. some that are B. Yeah. But B is the lowest grade. Everything else is either A or A plus. Even the one, even the guns we weren't very pleased with, like the Sandrock. Yeah. It was a B. Oh yeah, for I, sure. Like if someone handed me the keys, to that I would not be pissed off. There yeah. are other mobile suits throughout Gundam where if someone handed me the keys to it, I'd chuck them in the ocean because like <laughs> you're not making me fly that. <laughs> um. Like I, I don't, I don't love this as much as a lot of the anime that I have. Seen. Like, no, yeah. sorry, I, I can't say a lot of the anime I've seen. The couple anime I've seen, yeah. that the the ones that I I cling to more to more so. But um, and it's like I said, it's a '90s show, so you, the coloration may be too dark for some people who are used to digital coloring. Yeah. The animation may not be wow you as much as it, but yeah. you got to remember this was all hand drawn. Oh yeah, and there's like. I know a lot of hand-drawn shows at that time where you can notice, why is that guy in that cut, in that scene? He's dead. <laughs> I can't think of any time Gundam Wing had any major animation errors. No. And that's the thing I like pointing out. Yeah, definitely. So, is that a knock or a positive for that show? <laughs> it, it's an imperfect show, but when you kind of like, like... There were times where I was watching it and I was like, oh god, this is... Oh, I don't want to... No... And then when I kind of stood back and looked, I was like, actually, you know... Uh... Yeah, basically, if this is your first Gundam, maybe don't marathon it. Maybe watch an episode, get up, walk around and think about it. Yeah. Let it settle in. Let it mull over in your brain. As you read Wikipedia articles trying to understand it like and I did. If you need to read Wikipedia after it, I, I am not saying that's a bad thing. Oh. I have watched this show at least... A dozen times. I think in the I la- still don't understand. I think in the last two weeks, I've spent more time on the Gundam Wiki than I have actually spent on, like, say, my own Facebook page, or, <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> I don't know, any of those social media accounts. Like, I, I'm very, very familiar with that Gundam Wiki now, Gundam Wing Wiki specifically. Um, yeah. Uh, I do recommend it. I, I yeah. I have to recommend. I the hope show. we've piqued your interest in it. And mm. like I said, if you want us to talk more about this, I'm sure we will. But not next week. Next week, I think we have something else planned, don't we? Yeah, we do. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I started watching another anime because when I went to watch Gundam Wing, I couldn't get the first episode to work at the time, so I just turned on whatever else I had. 
and that is leading to something that I I am very fucking excited to actually jump into. I'm a couple episodes in. My Hero Academia. I cannot wait to talk about the show. It's oh boy. I don't know if I like it more than Gundam Wing, but I love this. I love My Hero Academia, and it's so good. And I guarantee you, if you only like Western superheroes, you will still love My Hero it Academia. Definitely, like I mean, like, I'm like literally three episodes in. It, it seems to be one of the more accessible yeah. anime I've yeah. like I've seen in a long time. Oh yeah, and it's written by a guy who loves. Marvel and DC as yeah. much as anyone who lives here right now and is claws deep into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But yeah, let's uh, let's save that for the next episode. Yes, next episode we're gonna go beyond plus ultra. That's a thing from My Hero Academia. <laughs> I, I I thought maybe I could laugh with, with this, but but I'm gonna leave the awkward silence. Just, just for the hell of it, just for spite. Um, oh, you are cruel. Uh, well, you know, um, sometimes you just. Uh... People might also <laughs> may have guessed who my favorite character from that show is just from that thing I just did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess it's time to uh, initiate the self destruct on this episode. Yeah. Um... Uh, I don't know if we'll make it out or not. Ooh. <laughs> no wait, there's lots of snow around. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll just get her. We'll just survive an explosion, fall yeah. from a giant robot, and land in yeah. subarctic temperatures. That's right. Um, Which means we'll be back up in a couple days. Survive the explosion of the giant robot and survive the fall twenty meters into the freezing snow, and we'll um, be back on the next episode. Guaranteed, that it was not mostly snow. He landed on. He probably landed on pure ice. I might have my arm in a sling, perhaps. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll probably just have that nose bandage you see. In oh, the yeah, the, the straight-across nose bandage. Perfect. Um, so thanks for listening. Uh, two episodes deep, and we're having a good time here. I hope everyone's having half as much fun as we are. Um, I, I hope you understood half of what we said today. Um, Even a quarter uh, would make me feel really good with my rambling. I'm I'm going to have to listen to this episode a few times to understand what was even said here. Uh <laughs> As always, you can listen to other episodes of Final Form, Jedi Dropouts, and any other podcasts that come to my whimsy, I guess, over at www.jedidropouts.podbean.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I do recommend you listen to The Last Jedi Dropouts. That was actually a lot of fun, those questions. We did have fun there, I gotta say. Uh, If you don't know, uh, we we did 30 random unseen questions. Myself and James Moss do uh, the Jedi Dropouts podcast. Uh, So we prepared 15 questions each and just... Asked each other uh, very randomly, yeah. uh, without having any preparation, and they were all over the place. Oh. A couple of them I couldn't really go with because I don't know much about some things, but uh, I still think it was a lot of fun to listen to, and I got to know a bit more about our, the hosts. And knowing more about these guys is always good for blackmail. I, I mean, <laughs> for for chemistry. Yeah, sure that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'm gonna watch my back here. <laughs> Maybe not invite you into my home so openly. Um, I'll bring toys next time. Okay, okay, okay. We're, we're good. Um, and I guess... Uh, did, did we come up with a sign-off yet? Um, what's, a, what's a good Gundam Wing sign-off? I, I want to get close to the microphone and tell them I'll kill them, but that yeah. doesn't seem very friendly. <laughs> so, um... Uh... Um... Uh, 
Um, lots of ums, lots of ums. Lady ums. What? Uh, <laughs> that was terrible. That's absolutely... You know what? I'll kill you for that. <laughs> um, and until next time... Uh, I... Bye, everybody. Later!